You're listening to the one-on-one football podcast, the number one podcast for Aussie rules, training, coaching, and development tips. Welcome to the one-on-one football podcast. My name is Andrew Rains, and I'm joined by my co-host, as usual, Harry Simington. Um, Harry, welcome on board, mate. Thanks, Rainsy. Good to be back. We've got a, uh, not, not a solo episode, because there's two of us, but uh, an episode without a guest, which is different, but it's good because we get to, um, obviously discuss things ourselves and um, I guess today we're going to dive into some of your expertise um, particularly around finals footy but um, yeah also talk about some some current affairs as well so um, yeah yeah good to be back no it's it's good mate yeah we, we occasionally just put these episodes on because it's important I think we just have a chat between us and and, and also chat about any topics in the game we've got a lot of footy lovers that listen to this podcast and I think it's really important to sort of address some of the common themes some of the issues out there week to week we're building into finals it's been a huge it's been a huge amount of press this week in particular yeah. too so um I'm, so looking forward to sort of chatting a bit about it mate yeah totally mate how good is footy at the moment i, I keep saying this so carly my partner she's not a she didn't grow up with um following footy like i did but every time i'm watching a game of footy and she'll walk past the game's close and she'll even even a non-footy fan is getting so excited by close games and close finishes and you don't have to know the game inside out to be yeah. entertained by it at the moment. And like, I think it's in a really good place. You hear people, I think David King this morning was talking about how like the rule changes and everything, like the footy is not in a good place because of that. But the actual quality of the game yeah. is unreal at the moment. And it's mate, turning me back into a footy nuffy, Rainsy. Well, it is a bit too. I agree. I went to the Gold Coast Richmond game a couple weeks ago. Obviously, um, footy both camps there. Um, yep. <laughs> but uh, it was a sensational Sensational game, um, mm. and obviously the the kick after the siren was actually more than a few weeks ago. Now this, this season has gone so mm. quickly, but and then you know then so many close encounters, so many games. Seems to be that twilight Saturday night game too is yeah. always or Saturday twilight games the, the close ones by a goal or a point or whatever it is. And obviously Collingwood's <laughs> um, you know appetite to uh, to always want to take it to uh, to the end is is interesting too. And and I don't usually watch all Friday night games. So you usually got an early start on Saturdays and. And probably a uh, and and trying to enjoy it some time away or with the family or whatever. And I'm, I'm finding myself uh, watching last Friday night's game against Collingwood and Melbourne just right to the end because yeah. Collingwood were playing. So there's certainly some, uh, as you said, whether you're a footy lover or non-footy lover or, or um, avid supporter. I think it's it's the game's in a really good shape, which is which is fantastic. And I think it's going to be a great final series too, mate. Yeah, no, really looking forward to it. I think um, being down in Melbourne, I'm uh, I'm, I'm absolutely frothing it. I've been to a few Collingwood games I was at the um, I was at the game where Jamie Elliott kicked the goal after the siren um, it's just hard not to get get wrapped up into it and I guess that's what we're going to start the show off with today Rainsy we're going to go through some little segments and, and have a chat about some of the, the current affairs the teams and the players um, that are impressing us and not impressing us as well um, just for our take for um, for the people out there that, that are obviously interested in this um, for those listening back we're the third last round of 2022 if you're not listening to this uh, the week after we uh, we launch it. So the first segment that we've got, Rainsy, um, is called The Real Deal. Um, it's basically which team are you impressed by the most um, at this point in the season? So um, I'll let you kick it off, mate. Who's your real deal? Well, I, I had them at the start of the year probably uh, sliding down the ladder a bit. I just thought they had an aging list, but they never seemed to cease to amaze me. Um, Geelong, I think, um, yep. They're just an incredible footy club. I hated the, the club uh, playing against them, and that's probably why. That's probably because they always used to give us a, a nice touch up for whatever team I was playing with, Richmond, um, uh, Brisbane, or, or the Suns. But 
Um, you've got to admire them as a football club yeah. and obviously some of the, the, the players have got. So I think they're the real deal. I think um, going into most final series over the last couple of years, I've always said, um, I just don't know if they can win it. But even this year, I didn't have them probably... I didn't do a top eight this year yep. at the start of the season, but I probably had them around about sort of that anywhere from sort of six to... I had them just sliding a bit from... They usually yeah. make most prelim weeks. I had them sliding a bit a bit sort of down from six to sort of even tenth, but... Um, yeah, they're incredible. They're playing an incredible brand of football at the moment. And, and you've got to hand it to their... It's it's obviously a combination of their high-performance department and their coaching department as well, but the way that they've managed their older players throughout the season, resting Selwood, resting Hawkins, resting Dangerfield, when they like before an injury happens, I reckon is... Not only has it helped the older players get through it, but they've brought younger players in to fill really big boots in mm. that in that sense. And all of a sudden they go into the final series and if Dangerfield goes down because of his Achille, uh, because of his calf, they've got players that have already filled his role throughout the season. So I think like you've got to give credit to their, the way that they've managed an older list in, and, and still be playing such good footy, even though they, the list is so old. Well, I think the other thing they've done too is they've, they've changed their midfield up and I think that the, yeah. that's where the knockers were coming into it saying all the criticising him, saying that you know, it was Selwood and Dangerfield for so long mm. and, and now they've been able to put in different types of midfielders through there and put those guys out to wing or even a flank is um is, is really improved their team. But who's your real deal, mate? Yeah, so I'm I'm on the Collingwood bandwagon big time. Um, Why? I, I've got a few reasons. So <laughs> first off, I'm just getting wrapped up in it. it they're so watchable, whether you whether it's <laughs> on are. TV or whether it's it's at the at the ground. They're so watchable. They have a real appetite for the for the contest. They're a young list, but they're playing with the confidence of you know, a, a Geelong's experience. Um, but they're also adaptable. And I think the people that not Collingwood are saying that they've, their percentage is too low, but in finals, percentage doesn't matter, right? So t- if, if you're in front at the end of the, when the final siren goes, that's all that matters in finals. And I think Collingwood have had such good practice at adapting to situations to make sure that they finish in front when the siren goes. They probably could have changed tactics and maybe won by more and, and one by five goals in these games where they're winning by one or two, but I think they make they 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 obviously know when they're far far enough in front in order to win the game, and I think that is probably what's going to hold them in good stead for finals. And aside from that, they're they're just really really watchable. They play they they defend well, they attack well, like they tick all boxes for me. And I think they've got nothing to lose really. Whereas you know maybe there's for example if you compare them to Geelong, who are obviously the best team at this stage like Geelong have players that if they miss a if they miss a final series this year that's at this stage though isn't it we're talking we're talking six weeks out from the big dance the last dance Um, but yeah so okay so you think they can win it absolutely absolutely well that's a huge so what were they last year 14 17th I think second last second last so Craig McRae's got the gear he's incredible I've had five for a couple of years and I've got to ask a few questions about how, how we go. And again, I wasn't probably privy to the work he's done over the last sort of six mm. to eight years. He was a development coach when I had him, but he was, he was a relationships man. I yeah. think that he, him probably 10, 20 years ago probably wasn't that head coach role, but that type of, um, he's a teacher yeah. or teaching background, educator, um, really good, really good people's person and doesn't surprise me that with the way they're playing. Um, yeah, and- we've got a lot of other other things to top, the, there's topics to yeah. touch on, but I just want to spend a bit more time on the, the real deal topic to start. Collingwood, just on Collingwood. So the, the 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 so the flip side to your positive about they know when that they're in that situation they can win. Yep. So they get to finals and it's close games and and you think they can 
they can they can win it. Yep. Um, from you know sort of tight games, tight situations. My my sort of criticism on that, or, or the flip side, is maybe they've had too many tight contests. Yeah. Will they get fatigued going to finals? You know, we don't know. That, that's just the devil's advocate. Well, so. You know, um, I reckon in in an ideal situation, if you if you wanted Collingwood to be the best prepared they could be for finals, I would say it would be good for them to lose one or two close games because they only know what works in close games. They haven't yeah. experienced like what they haven't messed it up yet, which are, which yeah. shows that they're doing well. But it also means like if something if a curveball comes at them, maybe they aren't prepared. So this weekend against Sydney, if they lose oh, a massive close, game, isn't it? If they lose a yeah, close good. game, I'd almost say that they're better prepared, which is a bit of a strange yeah. thing to say, but. One other thing with Collingwood as well, and I really like this about their personnel, is that they've got a really good mix between players that are consistent role players. And like, if you think in dynamic systems, whether it's a, the human body or a, or a team playing football, you need a combination of consistency and adaptability. And I think they've got they've got um, role players like Maynard, Majacek, even Hoskin Elliott, and Pendlebury's playing more of just a, a a do your role sort of job at the moment. And then on the flip side, they've got the Ginnivans, both Dacos boys, um, Jamie Elliott, these real X Factor players, and I think side bottom, side bottom, yeah. yeah. Well, even like even side bottom is consistent as like I think they, I think I don't think a whole team of Jamie Elliotts would be effective, and I don't think a whole team yeah. of my checks would be effective. But the combination, the balance that they've got right now, you said Craig McKay was a, was a people person. I think you know if you if you did their personality profiles as well. Mm. The, Going back to throw, throw Dugowie, in there yeah. with all the stuff he's been. But yeah, he can't so perform without the reliability of the other players. Yeah. So I think that's another thing that, that that's another box that they tick in my mind is that they've they've got the personnel right. Their system's great. They come forward, defend like it's one of the best in the comp. But that's and then they can score fast. So I think the personnel's there. Like I'm on them. I, I just want to see them. I just love watching them play. Yeah, so sure. well, time will tell. I never thought I'd say that about Collingwood, but yeah, love mm-hmm. watching them play. Um, Beautiful. So, real deal. We've got Geelong and Collingwood. That'll be a nice grand final. But uh, moving into our next segment, Rainsy. So, this one's called Not Convinced. Um, it's basically, which team do you have question marks over at this point in, in the season? Um, yeah, I'll let you kick it off. Yeah, I'm going with Brisbane. I think, uh, and again, I, I, I'm a big Brisbane fan. Uh, clearly, obviously, sorry, clearly, um, I've followed them for a long time since since I'm um, even you know departing there and Got a soft spot for them. So I want to really see them go. Well, at the start of the year, I reckon they were the ones who were going to push Melbourne, but yeah. it's amazing what sort of 12 weeks can do. I just think they lack a bit of aggression and a bit of mongrel um, and a bit more depth probably in their midfield. Um, and it's yeah, just not convinced on them yet. I think mm-hmm. um, they're, they're, they're thereabouts. If they can get a good run into finals, who knows? But I'm not saying I'm I'm not saying they can't do it, but I'm not. I'm just not convinced, and that's probably the perfect topic yeah. to... I mean, there's a lot of teams out there. Not convinced of it. Let's let's be honest. Focusing on the sort of top four, yeah. top six, um, they're probably the ones at the moment. Yeah, I, I I had Brisbane as well. I can't. I don't quite know why, but I just can't. It just doesn't feel like a brand of footy that can beat Collingwood, Geelong, Sydney. Like I, I just I just can't. I just can't see it for some reason. I was, I was actually watching a footy show the other night, and they were looking at um, Harris Andrews, for example, who's probably. Like he's one of their best players, multiple All Australian, and I think he just wasn't competing. He was just letting players lead up on yeah, him. And was, yeah, like I don't know if 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 your best player is doing that and getting away with it week after week, and they're talking about defending better and they're not. I don't know. Like that, there's got to be drastic change, I reckon, for them to really take it up. Like Geelong will walk all over them, I reckon, if they're mm. um if if they both play how they are at the moment. But um, 
yeah, I think I've got question marks on them as well. But in saying that, they've got a, um, a big game. Is it, is it Richmond this week? I don't know. Who, who have they got up in the Gabba? No, Melbourne, they're Richmond. Maybe. I think they've got... Who have they got? Oh, Melbourne. Melbourne. Yeah, oh, that'll be that'll so, be big. That'll be a That'll be a good one. I might show up the M1 for that one. Yeah, it's a... It's tonight, isn't it, Ramsey? Friday? Might yeah. be... T- no, hang on. Might be. Let's check that hang one. On. Let's do a bit of a uh, fact check on that one, mate. But um, no, I tend to agree. Obviously, we're both agreeing on that topic, but... Be really interesting to sort of see. I mean, they've got some winnable games moving into mm. um, even that Melbourne one. If they can win that, and that gives them a lot of confidence going to finals. Yeah, so they've got St Kilda this Friday night, and then next Friday night, they've got Melbourne at the Gabba. So if they can win those two, yeah. again, it's just that non... It's just not convinced. Just don't know which way they're going to go. Yeah. So, so, yeah, just watch this space. Yeah, and that, that segment's more of a question mark than a, than a cross. So we're giving yeah. Geelong and Collingwood the tick, question marks on Brisbane. Hopefully they prove us wrong yeah. and... Um, and we get a, a good final series from them. Now, this next one, I'm, I'm looking forward to this segment. So this one's called Binoculars, and it's self-explanatory. Which player have you got the binoculars on? Who are you impressed with at this point in the season? Who do you, who do you really enjoy watching, and then and then why as well, Rainsy? Well, we're focused on a few of the top teams. I'm going to focus on the team that's probably just going to miss finals, and that's Port Adelaide, mm. um, and their gun gun player um, over there is, uh, you know, his exciting player when I first saw him come through the... Um, the under-18 ranks, and, and he was obviously a high draft pick. But Connor Rosie, since he's yeah, gone in the midfield, star. he's a star player. I just love watching him play. Look, he's a, he's a beautiful, smooth oh, mover. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's that perfect prototype AFL player. Now, since unleashing him in the midfield, um, he should win their best and fairest this year, whether he goes close to All-Australian, not too sure. Could have pulled out a, a few players, but I, I just wanted to focus around that sort of middle part of the ladder and what players have sort of been going well in a in a tough year. It's, it's Sometimes good to highlight Players have been going well in a um, you know in a really good year for their team, and been winning most games. But uh, no, he's been he's been really good when they've needed him to stand up. So he's gone to another level, and looking forward to uh, to watching him sort of progress over the coming years and being a genuine superstar of the competition. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. He's a he's an absolute star. I reckon if there's midfielders out there that want to learn how to, um, like you mentioned that he's a smooth mover. He's explosive in in 360 degrees. Like he can move sideways pretty much just as fast as he moves forward, which is valuable but also rare and i reckon if there's something i noticed about him actually is um he's not afraid to explode the wrong way like he'll yeah. get the footy in traffic and just ex- like run as fast as he can first th- you know drive those first three steps toward the opposition goal but most people will sort of do a half u-turn or something but his main focus is just get out of traffic and he's so good at that he's so slippery like yeah he's great good player to watch for um shea you know, bolt players. no if i could oh. go to probably just co- probably missed him <laughs> shea bolt's probably the one too yeah. so <laughs> probably don't need to spend too much time. He's an out and out superstar. Better than Dusty? He's uh, uh probably not yet, but yep. he's um I don't know if he ever will be because mm-hmm. he's probably a bit more sort of um burst player, but yep. he's a um he's an absolute star. It's been mm-hmm. great to watch him this year too. So who's yours, mate? Um so I've got Chad Warner, um, from the Swans. I I went down Good to choice. I went down to Marvel Stadium the other night uh, the other day to watch North Melbourne play Sydney. It was a bit of a smashing, but I enjoyed sitting there on the wing and, and having a having a look and um so I think I'm a. I really like players that can run and kick. I think that is a deadly combo, and especially since that stand rule has come in, you can't be a midfielder anymore, and just be contested bull. I think you now have to also have speed to get out of contest, and then you have to be good by foot because you're going to end up in situations with space, um, uncontested as well. And I think he's good in the clinches, but he is he's an elite runner. He's an elite kicker, and he's starting to hit the scoreboard. He's so I think. It's, 21 or something he's kicking three yeah. goals and having 30 every game and I've, I've got in my notes here if he was in Melbourne if he was playing for a Victorian club 
he would have the same level of as of hype as Nick Dacos does, I reckon. I, I honestly think that. He is going to be an absolute star of the competition. He takes it on. He breaks lines. He He's a goal-kicking mid. I reckon he's got the same stats as Bontempelli, yeah. you know, what you expect from Bontempelli. So yeah, I'm on he's the... Been, uh, he's been terrific. On the Chad Warner bandwagon. <laughs> so the next one, mate, just um, yeah. moving to a dragged uh, segment. <laughs> so which part do you have question marks over at this point in the season? We'll start with you and then I'll... Yeah. Um, let you know which one mine is. Yeah, so I've picked up a few from that, that game I went to at Marvel. So um, Jaden Stevenson from, from North. Now, not for the reasons that he's been in the media. I think those were some, you know, some lapses in concentration and, and whatnot. So, uh, like, it's, it's, it's well documented that what, what he did on the, on the weekend. But he just, from, from what I saw, like, even just setting up around the ball, off ball when, when the ball went out of bounds, he just looks, he does not look motivated to win or contest and like it's not it's not even when the ball's in play he just looks disinterested and uh, you know you never know what's going on outside of outside of footy and and you know and, and any of that but I, I think i'm reading a book at the moment um good to great really popular book by jim collins but they talk about how in a in a good team you don't you shouldn't have to motivate people you want self-motivated people that do that themselves yeah. and i look at jaden stevenson i compare that to Connor Rosie or Chad Warner. Rosie is not playing in a team that's that's winning every week, but like he's got hunger to win. And like mm. I just think if you're at North Melbourne, you yeah, you, I just don't think you should have that should be the job of a coach is to motivate someone that should come intrinsically. And um, yeah, I think there's some question marks over him at the moment. But um, who have you got, mate, for for your dragged segment? Well, I thought about this one sort of long and hard, and I just think it, it's it, back to Stephen. So I think like. The, the North Melbourne pieces are when you're playing in a, a pretty ordinary outfit sometimes it is hard mm. so did you like but there were other players like you, you look at you look at what um, even uh, uh, Jason Horn right he's not he's not winning games he's not happy no but you can he's competing like crazy like he'll just attack a ball with like he just looks like he cares even though it's disappointed mm. and it's hard and it's not working well yeah he it looks like cares, he cares yeah. whereas yeah. and every Collingwood player look at Braden Maynard he's the best example of someone who just cares like you don't, Fleetwood, uh, Flystory wouldn't have to motivate Braden Maynard at all. Yeah. And I think that's key. Like, no, exactly. I think that's key. Yeah. Yeah. If someone's no, lucky, exactly. motivate. Yeah. It's just a hard one. It's a good, good call. And another team that's down the bottom, easy to highlight, and he has been highlighted a fair bit as a former teammate of mine, Elliot Yo. I just think okay. I've got him in the drag section. A star player, yeah. um, supremely talented. I, I really do hope he can get back to his, his best form. He's had some injuries, but I question. Again, it's a, it's easy to point the finger. I question whether he's he's been professional enough. Again, mm. it's he's someone picked on his weight the other day. Maybe that's sort of why his build is obviously a bit, a bit bigger boy. But um, whether he's fit enough, whether he's been taken serious enough, I'm not so sure. So he'd be just a more of a question marker where where his future is in terms of no doubt he'll 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 continue to play over the next couple of years. But it's it's probably a bit of a, a, um, a line of the sand or also a bit of a, a crossroads for him. Maybe mm. after two BNFs in a premiership year and an all Australian that thinks and. Uh, last two or three years, hasn't played much football. Yeah, he's probably got more pressure on him, doesn't he, to to perform when yeah. he's a senior player with that CV. Um, yeah, it's a it's an interesting one. Was that, that, that was that were those comments at West Coast as a whole the the overweight comments? A few of them. They had Nick Natnui in mm. one of them, and again, he's a bigger boy too. But uh, yeah, a few question marks over there. Their uh, their condition and and where they're at. So yeah. really interesting. West Coast move forward. It's probably a whole other topic, yeah. but. Um, 
where they're sort of where their list is at. Yeah, so, I hope they can um, they can bounce time. back. It'd be good to see um, Josh Kennedy in a coaching role or something. I reckon um, now that he's retired, yeah, he, he seems to be the heart and soul of that of that footy club. So absolutely be good to yeah. see. Um, so our next segment, this one's called Left Field. Um, so it can be a prediction, an opinion, um, basically anything um, that is a little left field, something that that, that isn't um, you know pumping up the, the the Collingwood Magpies, which I've already done. So. Um, yeah, have you ever got a left field uh, <laughs> prediction or opinion, Ramsey? Yeah, so my left field one, mate, would be uh, being a bit sort of Queensland bias up here. I think there'll be a premiership out of the um, out of Queensland of the two clubs here in the next three years. Okay, any prediction on which? Well, team I think be? the the Lions are again where that we just discussed them around that non convinced If they can just top up with a maybe another gun mid, where they need another key forward, a key defender. Mm. Or another start, another maybe A grader in their team with the maybe Zorko getting a bit older. Think they can they can push, and then yep. the Suns list and, and a lot of people. If you actually, if you look at them, I know it's draft picks still, and Geelong and the clubs I could argue differently. They don't have the draft picks. They just tend to trade really well and attract players. I think if the Suns can attract a few more players from down south, a few more maybe a bit of experience, mm. get these um, some of these you know sort of first round draft picks to a level they're twenty three, twenty four. They could be. They could be anything, you know. Look, there's anything. some there's some incredible yeah. talent there. So, um, and they could just bob up, and and it all could happen. So I'm just going with a bit of a left field one there. Yeah, that that um that leads in really nicely as well because my left field one is that Gold Coast are just as good, if not better, than Collingwood and Sydney. Now I know it's a big call, but they they've got they've, all three of those clubs have young lists. The difference, the only difference I see between Gold Coast and the other two is that. The Gold Coast have a injury list that is preventing their young players from, or their their key players from, building consistency in the AFL in the same Correct. system. I look at Collingwood next to no injuries, Sydney next to no injuries. Is that really? If you looked, really at, have you looked lists. into that a bit? Is that they just lower yeah. injuries? Yeah, so well, and you've it, Sydney one of the highest, one one of the lowest injury rates at the moment, and it, they're young, they're fast, they're they. And, it, and you could argue well, that like, if the Suns had all the... So if you had Lockie Weller, and not everyone's yeah. going to get the whole team, so you look Butters. at that. But if you, if they had a similar sort of run as if you, what you're saying is correct, Sydney and Collingwood. <clears throat> yeah, they've got Weller, so, um, uh, King. King's missed Butter the whole season. Budrick, Powell. Yeah, King. So there's some pretty good players yeah, but, there. and They're young and exciting. And actually, a lot of all of them have got speed and athleticism. Mm. So, yeah. And again, they only just went down to Collingwood at home. I get that. Um, they yeah. pushed Melbourne up here. Um, they've beaten Richmond. Um, they, I think, they beat Sydney at the start of the year. Um, so they're, yeah. they're, um, you know, they're not far off. They've just got to, yeah, get to maybe top that with some, you know, top end talent. And as you said, maybe that's maybe yeah. that's a trick. Maybe it's their injury list. And I reckon if they can get that right, that's probably been. I mean, in the past, there's been multiple reasons why they haven't made it. Like there's. There's been leadership issues, and whatnot. I think they've nailed it with Dewey. I think I think he's going to take them somewhere. Mm. I think Tuke Miller's stepped up, and now he like he's this beacon of hope yeah. almost that we've got this 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 player that's been with us from the start. Hasn't gone back to Victoria. He's now one of the best in the competition. Yeah. Their leadership's good. Their system looks good. I just think the only and in terms of game style, I would argue that their ball use inside fifty isn't great, and that their their contested players are awesome, but. I don't see Noah Anderson and, and Matt Rowe, for example, being as good a ball users as the three half backmen that are injured. No, You've exactly. got Lockie Weller, Connor Butterick, and um, Will Powell. Hmm. They're probably three of the best ball users, bar Tuke Miller, I'd say. 
And that's the, yeah. I feel like that's the missing link at the moment. If they can get through yeah, next year, injury free, like I'd I'd be with King back as well. I reckon they're gonna um, yeah. they're gonna be, gonna be hard to beat. Yeah, and then I've got one one other left field, um, which is a little bit. It's something that I've just noticed lately. Uh, not lately, like in the past maybe year, two years. I hardly ever see Dyson Heffel hit a target. <laughs> I think he's one of the worst. This is a strange call because I think he's a ripping player, but I reckon he's one of the worst kicks in the in the league. Big be interesting to see his efficiency, yeah. but yeah, I agree. I don't think he's a, a, yeah. a beautiful polished kick, but that's, a, that's an interesting one. I probably wouldn't have thought of that one. So reckon, there you go. I reckon in the, in this in this game, like we were talking about with Chad Warner and Connor Rosie, I reckon midfielders that can't kick or that that are really good at or that rely on hat kicks out of stoppages, I reckon they get found out a little bit more mm. these days. Whereas they used to be, they could sort of get away with it. So that's a bit of a uh, bit Left of a field one, bonus. Left field. <laughs> um, and then the next one, so we've got footy investors, Ranzi. So um, which player or team would you buy shares in right now, um, hoping for massive return in the next three to five years? Well, if it's a team, I'm going to go a player. And it's pretty, It's well, it's not an easy one. Again, and I'm sorry for our listeners out there, um, but I'll obviously watch a bit more of the Suns. Just finished working with them, obviously, late last year. But to, and I think the competition, as you mentioned before, has come to love him and, and know how good he is. Is Tuke Mill? I think he's in his prime. The next yeah. three to five years is going to be incredible for him. I, I would be just jumping all over him. Um, he's just yep. he's an incredible Agreed. leader. He's he's probably been the most consistent player in the competition over the last two years, and that's a that's a fair rap. So um, I'll be I'll yeah. be jumping on him. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think he's uh, an absolute prototype for players who want to. Who want to not only play midfield but also know how to be professional as well? He's a good role model. I've got um, I've got I've got shares in a very young player, another Queenslander, but playing for the Tigers, Noah Cumberland. I think a lot of lot of skill. Um, obviously a good footballer can, can kick it really far, but I think the most important thing is that he he looks like he cares. Like I go back to that um, the game after I can't remember who they're playing. The game after they Free lost Mantle. the close yeah. the close one. Yeah, against against Free. Even that, just that like, last little smother to turn the ball over inside fifty and ice the game. Little things like that. He just looks like he cares, mm. and the you know similar size, similar skill set to Jaden Stevenson. But I think the 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 care level is just massive um, uh, in, in Noah Cumberland. So I'm buying shares in uh, in him. Young Noah, Tigers he's done well. Ball. He's done well from uh, young boy from Queensland. So he's he's going really well at the moment. It's good to see. Yeah, for sure. And then um, so the next one, mate, the uh, the tribunal, the Paddy Cripps decision. Uh, should he have got? Yeah, oh, it's yeah. I think it's it's it just undermines the whole process, doesn't it? Whether you agree with it or not, going from two weeks to mm. nothing's a fair jump. And I actually read the 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 article this morning, and there's a bit of fine prints or, or in the legalities mm. of it all about whether he actually he didn't in the first appeal. Um, they actually didn't cover off on whether he or ask him the question on whether he intended to bump or, or whether he was bumping. So yeah. they brought that into it, and then it sort of overturned a few things. So. Legal terms, yeah, there was probably room to to be able to sort of undermine it a bit, but um, that just puts our whole process and and um, match review system into a bit of jeopardy. So um, I think he probably should have, yeah, copped the copped the works and done the time. Yep. Yeah, I've got a I've got a different opinion. I reckon I agree. I like I think the legal side of it seems to be a bit of a roundabout. I, I I'm not sure if if the impact of the damage was done from actually Crips hitting Archie or if it was when he or, was, or if it was the, the whiplash that Archie got on the ground and I don't, is that is that I don't know the technicality yeah but you could argue on... yeah but you could argue 
Yeah, it's a, it's a hard one, isn't it? Because you could argue that, that he forced him to. Yeah, it's a duty of care. Because it, it, it's careless. In a marking contest. Ca- you know, careless. Yeah, this is the part that I can't wrap my head around. Because in a marking contest, if you fly for a specky and knee someone on the shoulder slash ear, and then they get crunched and whiplash on the ground, there's, there's nothing. They don't care. It's better. Like, you're probably no, right. Then there's it's, no problem. But then they're saying it was unintentional. So that's unintentional, the same sort of thing in a marking yeah. contest, isn't it? So. Oh, it's mm. a tough one. It's still in my head in a bit too, so I won't, I won't spend to too much read, time it? on it because it's no, definitely. it's been a big week, and that's what I was saying before in the media. It's been it's been everywhere. So um, yeah. I just thought the the consistency of it all, we probably should have um, probably should have missed. Yeah, but uh, I'm a Paddy Chris fan. I'm I'm mm. wrapped that he's playing. So um, yeah, yeah. it's gonna make gonna make uh, the footy really good from from a Colin, uh, from yeah. a Carlton point of view. Absolutely. So definitely uh, happy to see that now. Just uh, the last segment before we move into um, a bit of a bit more information around um, play development. Finals predictor, mate. Who, who have you got for the premiership uh, runner-up and Norm Smith? Well, Norm Smith. I haven't really got. I haven't gone that far into predicting. Then I'm still it's trying to make it I'm, I'm trying to pick in the grand final. But <laughs> I think it's going to be again. Ask me in two weeks will probably change, but at the moment mm. it's probably a Geelong and a lot. Of, it's probably my head says. Geelong and Melbourne, but then my hearts were saying yep. something about Sydney, yep. so Geelong and Sydney. Mm. Um, yeah, nice. Yeah, so I, it's probably out of those three. Yeah, I've gone with my heart. I want Sydney Collingwood just because I reckon it'll be an unbelievable game. I reckon that'll be champagne football. Who, who's quote is that? Well, it's on this weekend, so yeah, we'll get a good, good, uh, good taste for it. Exactly. But um, beautiful. So that's our little, uh, little current affairs segment. So a few in there. Who knows? Hopefully, Brisbane uh, prove us wrong, and and um, Jaden Stevenson. <laughs> I don't know, kicks 30 goals next year. But um, there we go. So, Ranzi, you want to move into um, some advice for young footballers and young coaches as well. But at this point of year, um, for the boys anyway, we're coming to the... Um, to the, You're either playing finals or you're not. Um, and there's, I guess, pros and cons. Obviously, everyone wants to be playing finals, but we'll dive into some of the, um, the opportunities that open up if you're not playing finals as well. But for the teams that are playing in finals, mate, what, um, uh, what, are, your, what are your thoughts on... Um, soaking it all up and just enjoying the the ride of playing in a big game versus just treat it like a another normal game do you, do you sort of um, have a preference on, on approach for that oh, i don't buy into the just treat it like any other game because it's not and, and you actually mm. know that yourself so i reckon yeah that soaking up part I actually really enjoy it get out of bed in the morning knowing that you you know you're playing a final at any level is just incredible so um didn't play too many myself mate obviously my junior days and I won one grand final at Palm Beach Footy Club, and, and those things you never forget about. I think your your um yeah. your, your your junior victories, are, you know, grand final wins, are, if you can get one, are incredible and mates for life. And so a lot of our junior listeners out there and 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 our coaches, um, I think it's just an incredible time to be able to see soak it all up and and treat it a bit differently. Treat it, you know, don't treat it differently in terms of changing too much, but treat it differently in terms of um you know getting up and ex- excitement and energy at training and. Should be running on top of the ground, you know. Springs in the air. It's it's exciting. Yeah, totally. That's a good. Um, I didn't know that, but if, if you know, if you can have an AFL career and and the only grand final you've played in is local oh, footy, mate. like doesn't matter where you are, like soak it up, mm. like just stand in the middle of the ground. And Absolutely. Take it in for a second. Yeah, I'll never forget it. So it's um, yeah, incredible. Soak it all in. Soak it all up. Unreal. Um, and then in terms of so, uh, I guess we all think not not all of us, but preseason is related to development and then in season is all about matches and development takes a backseat typically now i know we're trying to change that and we, we talk a lot mm. about keeping your skills going in season but 
finals footy, like, should players be focusing on development? Should they back off on that and just try and stay fresh? Like, what's your what's your take on continuing to improve throughout finals, which is probably something that, that typically takes a backseat? Yeah, I'd say continue to improve it, as long as it's not taking too much toll on your, on your body or anything like that. But no, continue to improve and push yourself and challenge yourself. And again, back to what I said before, you're not trying to... You're trying to... You're changing your mindset knowing that you're going into a final or final series or whatever it is, but you're not changing the way you go about things. So if you're continually trying mm. to get better each week, obviously you're going to continue to get better at training each week too. You ask blokes like Simon Black and guys we've had on the podcast before that are incredible finals players, I think they'd answer the same question. So for young players mm. out there, I think just focusing on trying to get better each week, but again, not going over and above in terms of you know wearing yourself out. It could be an extra recovery yeah. session or it could be... You know, some extra touch or whatever. If you if you're feeling like you're lucky in that in that um, space, so it's it's trying to get you better each week. And if those sort of one percenters can get yourself up for for that, I think that's that's the mindset you got to have. For sure, and it's low it's low hanging fruit, isn't it? You can do mm. you can do as much off leg skills as you want, really, and 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 still improve. You you don't need to go and run a pre do a preseason running session. No, but exactly. You might have an opportunity to improve your skills um, where where an opponent might not, and that's where you get your edge. And then. So, mate, now talking to coaches, um, we've got a lot of coaches that listen to the podcast. So, um, do you have any advice around how to handle finals, how to manage your, your players in finals? Um, yeah, what's your what's your Yeah, I'd be saying the sort of similar thing. I'd be changing in terms of your motivational themes and things like that, you know, showing some videos. If, if that's, you know, if everyone's on sort of a WhatsApp group or Facebook group, whatever it is, send them some, you know, some motivational things about um, you know, finals footy or preparing under pressure or, or what it's like. I think you can draw from it so many inspirations in different sports that, um, you know, sort of players can sort of see. So don't be afraid to sort of use that. Um, different things, maybe on the training track, whether it's short or sharper and a few more meeting, another meeting at the end and walkthroughs or whatever you want to just try and tie over to, to, to get them um, thinking in a, in that headspace. Um, yeah, and, and in terms of game day, that's probably when you don't change so much. You, you just go about your, your yep. regular you know, game, whatever's worked during the year and, and to get you that sort of place, uh, to get you to that, that position you're in. So um, ch- changing a bit of the motivational stuff, playing with some different things in terms of that, but then not changing too much game by the way you go about it. Totally. I, I remember I used to, I don't know if this is helpful in finals or just in normal time, but I used to invo- really enjoy little like handball games and stuff that were competitive. Like you don't have to, you don't have to do a tackling drill to practice your competitiveness. Mm. You can almost do like a little you know, tools versus, versus midfield exactly. sort of like handball game or something. Yeah. I reckon that's a great way to get everyone up and about Absolutely. where they could be nervy as well. Yeah. Um, I remember all those no, games we did at the Suns. I used to... I used even to some touch me. footy or soccer or what, you know, so something different times yeah, yeah. early in the week just to get yourself going in that competitive nature and brings it brings out the mm. best. So, yeah. I don't know. I'd sort of go into my shell if there wasn't something like that on. Like it sort of, you can let it, let it get to you. Um, and then also just in terms of um, performing under pressure, I'd highly recommend that anyone who's who's listening um, go back and listen to our last episode of the podcast with with Dr. Phil Jaunty, um, about an hour and twenty minutes on how to perform under pressure and 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 what um, what your, your your mindset and your actions, um, how you can optimize that for performing under pressure. So recommend that one. Um, now, Ramsey, for players who aren't playing in finals, um, probably thinking toward next year now um what are the opportunities you see if um if you've gone through the season you haven't made finals is it is there an opportunity or is it um is it all sad 
Oh, a massive opportunity in terms of being involved in the group. So, like making sure that you can be in and around your group, and you know whether it's running water or being involved in sort of you know stats or or sitting in the coach's box or just being around your mates is really important. The other thing in terms of your training, if you're just starting your rehab or you're at the end of your rehab and you just can't quite get up or whatever, wherever you're at, you've had your maybe couple of weeks off during the year. I'll be starting my preseason now, and that might sound a bit yep. funny, and and you should be that eager and keen to get into it, and you get back to training in november or december or january you're up and running and i remember one of the best pre-seasons i ever had i think i started my my actual pre-season in, in august i was done for the season and i was ready to go i had my couple of weeks off um, during the season and um, through injury not playing and um you know i was sort of bitterly disappointed about ending the year abruptly and then you know sort of started to to make some gains while others were still on holidays or, or taking a couple of weeks off so mm. that's the attitude i've be having and 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 that's not going over and above and uh, what's well, going over and above it's not going ridiculous i should say and 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 with no tact around what you're doing or no process um i think um you're still going to have that but just probably getting out there and 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 getting into it nice and early and starting your pre-season nice and early yeah yeah you got what a couple of months on on the players absolutely to go yeah. through and, and play in the grand final yeah. even if you're a team that hasn't made finals like you're probably the same the same philosophy probably yeah well, i've seen a lot of teams crazy. yeah we've, i've missed a lot of final series as, as a player and, and you probably start back a bit earlier and, and you're, you're sort of really motivated by mm. getting sort of um you know sort of eight weeks in before christmas where the other teams might only get four or whatever it is so yeah very very yep. good point yeah this is a real opportunity out there guys so um yeah t- take uh take that one with both hands and then Rainsy, so moving into um, the off season, let's say someone has started their preseason a little bit early because they want to get the jump on their um, on their competition. You can't. There's some things that you can't work on when you when you go to you know train by yourself or um, or train in the off season. Like you can't do match sim or or that or that kind of um, that kind of training. But what can you work on? What do you see as the low hanging fruit for players who um, are in that that uh, period of the season? Well, it's all all about where you want to sort of um, you know bridge your gap where, where if you're behind in fitness it's yep. it's you know some running or some off legs exercises some cross training whatever it is to sort of help your endurance stuff if it's your kicking then it's getting out early and, and early into the process uh the pre-season and or off season doing some kicking stuff and just really looking to pro- improve and and sort of gain that um, difference between what you were doing last year and and the year moving forward and trying to bridge that gap a bit yep. and obviously too on your position so yeah focusing on two or three main things that you really want to focus um to sorry focus on and get better would be the areas that you really start early and, and get into yeah yeah it's going to depend obviously like you said on on what that individual needs to work on and i want to go a little bit deeper on that so how did, based on in your experience in the in the afl how did you how did the review process go so did you sit down with a coach or when you were a junior would you sit down with your parents and um obviously your dad knows yeah. pretty inside out as well like who, who can these players go to for feedback if they're unsure on what they should build their off-season forget around? about the junior days a bit but it's a long time ago now and it probably less professional back then um, in terms of you know there were no academies there was yep. no obviously as you said i had my father to sort of guide me through a lot um but I remember sort of having some sort of goals um, and, and doing a sort of a goal sheet up. And I think that used to come around the end of the season. Yep. So the areas to work on. So focusing on that, but then some descriptors under that to go how I actually get better and some actionable items. Um, but in, in the AFL, they have um, 
you'll have a exit meeting they call exit meeting day and they run from your sort of uh your break up mad monday top set up to to um after that day you, you get back in the club on the tuesday or wednesday pretty tired and and you and you go through um a series of exit meetings so that so you'd have in different departments so you'd yeah. have your physical one with your high performance manager so you talk about your skin folds or back then they were skin folds um your, your your three three or two k time that you were you know, expected to, to come back in and then your running program and your weights program. And it'd be all in your one, it'd yeah. be all in one sort of book. You'd love it, Harry. It'd all be planned out and yeah. you'd, you'd get a perfect, a yeah, little, little Bible done up. And then, yeah, it was. <laughs> and then, and then you'd have your review and, and your stats of your footy. So then you go into your actual footy meeting and yep. meet with your, with your head coach and your line coach and go through how they saw your year and, and where you're sort of at. So, um, daunting for a few people where if, you know, you didn't have a great year or you're out of contract or whatever, um, but if you had obviously a really good year, it was it was full of praise and and the expectations moving forward. Um, so that that was really good to sort of get some insights on a bit more of a breakdown of your year. They used to go through um, sort of where you could get better and in certain parts of your game. So no, just too dissimilar to sort of what we what we've done um, in the junior stuff in the academies and that moving forward a bit like an IDP an individual development plan for you for yourself moving forward. Yep. So that was the um, the sort of main thing. And then you're off on your break and. As a full-time professional, obviously you need that time off, and but you carry a little Bible around in the off-season and keep that with you and 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 follow to a T. Yeah, awesome. And we might um we're we're currently working on an IDP plan, Rangey, that we might release to our Footy IQ members um either before or yeah, shortly after this podcast episode yeah, comes sure. out. Yeah, we we might get that out for the, for the listeners. So if you're um if you finish the season and you're wondering. You know, and you and you want to do a review. Maybe um, you can take this template, sit down with your with your coach, sit down with your parents, um, fill it out yourself as well, and see if you can figure out what you want to work on. And um, then that can really drive your your preseason. Um, I want to say something as well. I think from a obviously I'm I'm into my S and C and physical performance. I reckon there's if you've gone through the season and you're feeling and you get injured or you get lots of niggles and they're really holding you back, or if you um, find that you can't or your fitness isn't good, like it takes a while to build up elite fitness and it takes a while to build up heaps of strength. But I think there's low hanging fruit in terms of how you run running technique. And I, I say it all the time, but I'd always encourage someone to, to go and get a running coach to help them move more efficiently. You don't have to increase your lung capacity to move more efficiently, which in turn will let you run for longer. Same with speed, same with reducing injuries. So um, that's a good point, isn't it? two cents worth is go and get a running coach and, and learn how to move. You'll be like Connor Rosie, mate. Flowing through the, uh, through the midfield. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, gee, that'll be all right, wouldn't it? Um, and then, Rainsy, so coaches um, who whose teams have not made finals, um, where do they put their focus at this time of year? Uh, yeah, you'd be moving on to next year and how you plug your holes and where you can get better um, and identifying yep. what you're doing well, but also t- to how, how, you, how do you actually get better? Do you go and get more coaches? Do you go get... It's a bit hard at local junior football, um, you know, sort of what players, and it's a fine balance between participation and competitiveness at that level. But if you, you know, sort of in those talent spaces or pushing up towards, you know, sort of second tier competition, then that's the sort of stuff you got to look at as coaches. How do you get better? Um, I know we've probably got a few coaches out there that run the whole footy department in, you know, country or regional areas or even sort of, um, you know, second state league competitions um the coaches do yep. a lot of from footy managing to list management to coaching so no doubt they'll be they're getting the uh, getting on the front foot nice and early uh, to make certain phone calls to players 
to try and get them to the footy club. So identifying what you need in terms of is a small forward, a ruckman, another on ball or whatever it is, um, identifying that nice and early and getting on the front foot and actioning it. Um, and then also to a bit of time to self-assess yourself in terms of um, mm-hmm. another um, you know, sort of IDP approach for, with a coach. How, do, how am I actually coaching at the moment? Um, you know, We've got coach mentoring available via our platform and our system, so a good idea to maybe book some of our experienced coaches in for you know, to, to maybe analyse some certain things in, in what they're doing or ask questions how they get better. So investing some time into themselves, a bit of PD stuff, um, how do they actually get better? Because there's a lot of volunteer coaches too out there that coach at local footy and and, um, and actually want to get better. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't be... I'd be sorry, I'd be you know, highly encouraging them to really invest in themselves, um, not only just the team, but in, in themselves over the off-season. Oh, that's awesome. We'll uh, we'll put the link to the coach mentoring in the show notes as well, guys. So if you're a young coach or a developing coach out there, um, check that out. They'll be down in the show notes. And now, <clears throat> Rainsy, moving into um, our online program. So we've got a few on the platform already for our Footy IQ members, um, but we're releasing some more soon, which will be just in time for the off-season, pre-season. Um, did you want to give a quick overview of what our goal is for yeah, this? Yeah, so we're, we're just putting a few programs together, again, without spoiling too much, but um, putting together a, a, a series of programs on our Footy IQ um, platform to be able to link in to, to provide you guys. Again, um, some of you guys are out there listening to some of the stuff we're saying today and it might be saying, oh, okay, well, that's my area. I've got to work on my kicking over the break. And we're going to design something a lot. Let's use kicking for the example to give you a program to, to you to use with your coach, um, might not be coach for the off-season, but might be your um, your dad, your brother, your sister, whoever, that can sort of partner or go and do a bit of coaching with you or, or sort of um, partnering with you, I should say, training. Um, and also yourself if you, you're on your own occasion down the park or whatever you're doing. So designed to be able to help you get better in that certain area and break down the skill element to what's required to be able to get better in that, in that sort of... Um, specific area so again you might have highlighted kicking but you go down the park and 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 you've got no real guidance with you and you go yeah i'm just gonna Mm -hmm. aim at the goalpost or i'm just gonna aim at the tree or aim at the fence or whatever or kick the ball up to myself you've actually got no real method or structure around how you're actually doing so we're trying our goal is trying to educate you around that to give you the the resources to be able to get better in the off season because as you said there is a lot of partner time or small group time with your mates or with mum and dad or on your own so giving you a bit of guidance in that area um and yeah again without spoiling too much um not just about kicking be a few other areas um involved in that so did i miss much there we'd love to yeah. get some suggestions too guys so if you wanted to email yeah. in at podcast at au, we'd love to know um, what sort of areas we can sort of focus on when we're developing these uh, programs for you in the off-season pre-season yeah, and it, um, it probably accidentally, but that ties the, the whole conversation well uh, together really well because we, it's all about actions, isn't it, Ranzi? When you fill out your IDP plan or the or the Bible from that last um, season, it's all good and well to write stuff down and then forget about it. But you've got to translate that mm. those those development areas into actions that actually help you come back in a, in a better um, position. So, like you mentioned, that's the uh, that's the goal of these online programs, so that uh, hopefully you can. Uh, put some positive action in place um, as we spoke about last week now Rainsy the last one before we uh, before we get oh sorry second last one um, so we've had a program running for what two months now up on the Gold Coast with yourself called Breakfast Club um, 
let's uh, let's encourage uh, let's explain to the listeners what uh, what that one is. Yeah, it's been a bit unofficial. I don't think you've posted on uh, on our socials. Um, our marketing team hasn't no, posted much quiet. on there at all because it's been a bit of a pilot program. Um, both you you and I, uh, sorry, yeah, myself and and you, Harry, we sat down uh, a couple of months ago and we said, well, how do we cater to a market that might not be able to do one-on-ones regularly. Um, how do we get also to a bit of camaraderie in our in, in some some group training sessions? But how do we give some structure? And then also, how do we actually provide people with ongoing sessions that they if they can't get to a Monday one, they can get the Tuesday yeah. one and flexibility in their program? And as you put it, building their own program. So um, we've designed a, a program. We launched at um, my junior local football club um, as a kid, Palm Beach Corumbin. We've got a great affiliation on the Gold Coast, around the corner from mine. So we've started nice and local for me and we're looking to build on this because yeah. we think it's a really good model. We've had huge success um, with the junior footballers down there at sort of most ages from sort of eight years of age to all the way up to 16. Um, and they're just classes highlighting a certain topic so uh, or a skill content. So Monday mornings might be kick, kicking club. Um, Wednesday mornings might be uh, handball club. And then we might finish off uh, what we call pre-game primer or even a captain's run that on a Friday before a main game. And obviously these will change throughout the season but um, or off-season, pre-season or during the season. So we launched uh, we launched that uh, yeah, two months ago now and it's, it's had huge success and we're looking to add more classes. Um, so it's a, a weekly subscription and membership where you just sign on and pay um, for for your membership, and or then you can pick and choose what your class. So similar to a, a, a sort of a gym membership, um, would you say, Harry? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's um, it's it's it's, it's aimed. I guess we're we're trying to assist people that are really motivated, that might want to do a session every morning or three times a week to improve some part of their um their game, but then they don't have a time and a place to rock up to. And if they rock up half an hour, they get away with it. Like we. We know how important that time and place and um, and the consistency of it is. So we're, I guess that's what um, that's what you're providing up on the on the Goldie range. It's all these young players who are motivated to get better can rock up um, at a specific time, a specific place, um, and the program is run by um, expert coaches like yourself. So you know that you're you're laying bricks, if you like to to use the analogy mm-hmm. of small bricks every day, build a big wall versus trying to do it all in one session. So. Um, yeah, the the Brecky Club will, uh, will 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 start to um, provide more information on that on the um, on the socials as well. So uh, make sure you're following us on uh, on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok now as well. Ramsey, we're starting to Build keep up to date with all yeah. the all the cool kids. Um, and then, mate. So last one uh, is the Footy IQ membership. So we've got some um, some recent content that's gone up. We'll just go through a couple of them. So we had a a key moments video. Um, you did uh, so you were analyzing the Geelong versus Bulldogs game and I think that we were talking about Geelong earlier in the in the podcast but that video I think it was about 12 minutes long really dug into why Geelong are performing so well like what, what were some of the the key points from that one well just that ball move it changed uh has changed so much from last year um and they and it was well documented around that um how they had to sort of move the ball a bit quicker and a bit more direct and geez they've done that in spades and it helps having, you know, sort of Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins as your two main sort of um, twin towers, as we call them, are forward to be able to kick to. But their, their ball movement in terms of being able to change lanes. And what I talk about changing lanes is shifting the defence. So they shift the defence really well. They change. They're not one-dimensional. And they go nice and quick. And they just play on or, or open up that inside 45 kick. And that angle might only be a, a slight change in the lane. When I say change lanes, if you were to draw up a football mm-hmm. field, in lanes, okay, it might be 10 metres wide, 15 metres wide, 
just shifting a little lane left and right each time you move your way up the ground can shift and change the defence and it's being really uh, unpredictable to the opposition. So they do that really well and I've highlighted that in some key moments in, in their clash against the Bulldogs and um, I think they, they piled on, the Bulldogs were in front by a goal or maybe nine points at half time and they piled on sort of seven to maybe eight unanswered goals. So um, playing some really good football. Yeah, yeah, that's probably one of my favourite ones, to be honest, on the, on the key moments. So, um, yeah, highly recommend to go and check that one out um, and you'll learn lots more about changing lanes. Uh, and then, Rainsy, we've got a couple of tips and tricks videos, um, both around marking, so um, protecting the drop zone and then another one around shifting your opponent as well. Yeah, so the, the protecting the drop zone is um, really important in terms of being able to identify where the space is um, on your opponent and, sorry, knowing your opponent is and where the ball is going to. So, that's that's a, that's a really good one. There's three ways to be able to do that. And, and in these little series of tips and tricks, we go three or four ways of being able to do something. And I think that's a really nice, thorough, concise way to be able to go, okay, well, here's how to learn a skill. Here's three or four ways to try and master. And we're, we're filming that with our video content on our membership and our footy IQ membership. So it's really good. And the four ways to shift your opponent, whether it's sort of under the arm, I like to call it, where um, Source Merritt gave us a um, moving insight into that a few weeks ago as a key defender, getting under low and under the armpit and pushing that player away. So some little tips there um, to anchor down or, or shift your opponent in, in a contest. So some incredible insights um, from obviously some some experienced players and, and some knowledge that I've gained over my time to, to be able to implement in in the little video series. So some pretty cool stuff there, mate. Yeah, I really liked them as well. I thought, um, I think the, the, the best part of those, I think it, if you for example, only have one way that you get off your opponent. If you always just rely on a on a um, strike and release or, or whatever that um, whatever that whatever it is, you know, pushing the chest. If that's all, if that's your if that's the only like trick that you have, then players will pick onto that pretty quickly, and you and you're left with nothing. So I think, and you explain in the videos different situations. This is the this is the technique, but this is when I might use it as well. If I've lost front position or if my opponent does this, this is a, a trick mm. that I can um, that I can do to, to either protect Absolutely. the drop zone or get off your opponent so i think um yeah lots of lots of gold in there and then mate we've got some this was a fun little series to to yeah, film the, the, they're all out now the partner touch series um, take us through some of those well they are uh, yeah just a couple of little different touch things and there's more probably to come there's so many little things you pick up on your journey doing touch harry you've done a fair bit of touching time being in the rehab group mate you're always <laughs> i think if you've been injured you know <laughs> if you've had injuries <laughs> oh, and i have too don't, don't worry about that um <laughs> done, a, done a lot of touch so um, yeah, we've put like little drills, like a three-ball juggle. Um, a th- uh, you know, give the colours one of them where you identify a colour of a footy. It's a bit hard to explain verbally, but um, you've got to be able to identify from your partner or the coach that's feeding you the ball what ball you've got to give back. We've got two different uh, coloured footballs. Um, and then some sort of single-hand takes, so sort of one hand and then feed with the other mm-hmm. and the, the good old tram tracks race. So some awesome little partner touch drills, and they might come in really handy over the off-season, I think, with when you're down at the park um, and, and doing some some, uh, some extras, being able to provide you guys with some uh, some footballers, uh, sorry, the footballers out there with some, some little drills like this that um, gives you a bit of inspiration, and you're just only getting it better. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's, that's five um, five drills, little partner touch series. You'll find them in the drills library of the Footy IQ membership, amongst obviously drills on um, uh, loads more drills on on other topics as well. But um, yeah, great way to get started if you're um, in that category that we're talking about before about not playing finals. You got a you got you got a dad or a brother or a sister that head down to the park and um, you can uh, watch these videos on your phone from the membership and yeah, have a crack at them and uh, 
let us know how you go. Rainsy, that brings us to the end of the episode. I just want to jump in quickly and say a, um, a big congrats to um, a young footballer that I've known for a few years now. His name is Blake Drury. Um, came to me a couple of years ago for some um, for some private coaching. Has been um, been training with him one on one for a while now, and um, reminds me a bit of a bit of Tuke Miller actually with his with his um, professionalism. I think he was fifteen when he came to me, and, and um, one of the hardest workers you'll ever see. So he's just been um, invited to the national draft. Um, and he's also playing the APS Grand Final tomorrow for Caulfield Grammar. So, just want to um, yeah say a quick shout out to to Blake. He's someone that's identified his his room for improvements and then gone out and and, and really seeked a way to improve that. Um, and I think that's going to hold him in in good stead uh, moving forward as well. So that's a, just a uh, that's a great story, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's unreal. Well done, young fellow. I think um, those little things that come along the way. I think a lot of hard work and dedication by you know sort of going out and seeking. Um, some private coaching getting better is starting to reap the rewards so well mm. done and, and do you find Ranzi he's, he's probably someone that takes his ta- uh, takes control of his own career his parents are su- super supportive but he's always from the very first session he was the one that organised it he's the one that reached out I think that's something that you used to preach to us back in the academy was you know do the do the organising mm. yourself you really start to figure out who are the who are the self-motivated people it's your career way. yeah I think you've got to be self-motivated and even if you do get to an elite level and you're not a self-motivated you won't you find yourself there for very long you've got to be that way inclined and um, I think um, those those ones are so coachable too those players you get so it's, uh, it's very true being that self-motivator and taking your career into your own hands because it's yours at the end of the day really isn't it so I think that's a really important message fantastic alrighty well uh, that brings us to the end of the episode guys thanks for sticking around and um, and tuning in hopefully you got something out of today's episode um, Rainsy anything any last no not really we're, we're trying to line up a few more guests uh, moving forward so I've got some some pretty good uh, guests uh, they're going to join us throughout our podcast episodes and series moving forward so really excited uh, and looking forward to the finals mate so bring it on yeah go the pies <laughs> thanks for listening guys we'll uh, see you next episode thanks for listening to the one-on-one football podcast if you got something out of today's episode we'd love it if you could leave us a review on spotify apple music or wherever you get your podcasts if you want to stay updated on special guests new episodes and more please subscribe to the show on your chosen platform and finally if you have any questions for reindeer or myself or you want to get a particular guest on the show please reach out our email address is podcast at one-on-one football.com.au thanks guys we'll see you for the next episode